The Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast post-match reaction to a very, very misty uh, Sellers Park and Crystal Palace's nil-nil draw at home to Manchester United. Uh, I'm Matthew, I'm the host and I'm joined uh, by Kevin. Kevin, how are you doing? Did you enjoy that one? Uh, I'm all right, Matt, thank you. Uh, I can't say I enjoyed it, mate, but a point you can't argue against the team who are second in the league. So uh, very, very pleased with the point, to be honest with you. And Luke? How did you think, find that one? Struggled to watch the last 20 minutes, to be honest, mate, as the fog rolled in. But um, yeah, I, as I just said before the pod, you know, two shots on target. So uh, nosebleed territory for Crystal Palace. <laughs> as always, as always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Six Pointer Podcast. Going to get that in nice and early as opposed to the last couple of pods where I've uh, thrown it in lastminute.com. Um, an improved performance from Palace, Kev, from, from the, the weekend's performance? Yeah, I, I think so, Matt. I mean, we seem to start a lot quicker than we did at the weekend, a bit more intensity. Um, so, you know, I think that first 10 minutes, Man United were very sloppy. And for a, a, a side that has played as well as Man United, and they're now unbeaten, what, 21 away from home, um, they didn't really threaten a lot today. And you wouldn't, if you hadn't watched, if you didn't know who was who, you wouldn't have necessarily seen that they were the team who were second and we're sort of 13th, 14th. Weren't a great game. Uh, I didn't help, but ultimately, you know, we could have snatched it right at the end. I think one of you boys said PVA is going to get a winner in the last minute. I don't know who it was, but uh, I thought it was going to come true. Um, so if, it would have, if we'd won it right at the last minute, I don't think they could have really had a lot to moan about because they hadn't really got out of first gear themselves, had they? So, uh, yeah, better intensity, Matt. But, you know, yeah, best best left like that. Uh, good to get a point. Leave it at that. Luke, what did you think? Yeah, like you said, Kev, opening 15 minutes, Palace looked really good. And we had a couple of chances, didn't we, from Andrus Townsend uh, free kick that Gary Kay was about an inch away from. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, we started really brightly and... and I don't know about reaction, but, you know, certainly an improvement on, on what we saw from the last couple of games in terms of fresh out the blocks. And then the next t- 10 minutes and what can continued on to the rest of the first half, Man United kind of found their groove a bit, didn't they? Um, and, and looked to control the game a bit more. But like you said, Kev, I wasn't ever, ever really that worried. I didn't think they ever created that much. Um, I think there was a moment in the second half where Mason Greenwood absolutely cut out midfield in half like a hot knife through butter and just walked through. And that was probably the one of the few times that I was I was really worried. Hmm. What about you, Matt? What 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 is it then? Because last two games against teams in the bottom half, obviously the the weekend very much in the bottom three, and tonight we play second in the league. And I think you said it, Kev. I thought it a number of times during the game. I thought how oh, this lot second, um, and our our sort of chance of doing a double over them was was really there actually. Um, <laughs> as you as you said, we had a number of chances, um, some some very credible chances. Benteke was was involved. Uh, you know, he had a volley right at the start, didn't he, that was sort of Brighton-esque in, <laughs> in a sense of that if it had gone in, it had been uh, a real uh, blockbuster for, for Palace. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to put my finger what's the difference. The only change was James McCarthy. Was was he the difference tonight? Was it was it 
a different set of tactics? Because I didn't, I didn't see much in terms of sort of the formation and, and what was changed. Did, are we saying this the James McCarthy effect? I thought he was brilliant. I, I, I thought McCarthy, and very unfortunately, he went off injured. I think it might have been his hip yeah. again. Yeah. Um, he looked very dejected, I, didn't he, when he went off? Yeah, I, 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 that, that worries you when obviously a player goes off with, with that sort of level of disappointment. But then again, maybe it's just because he was he was doing so well and, um, you know, Jairo came on and, and filled in for the last uh, 20 minutes or 15, 20 minutes or so and got himself booked in the last seconds of the game. Um, but I thought, yeah, James McCarthy uh, sitting obviously in front of the defence with Luca was brilliant. Uh, Czech Karate, I think, I think he got the Sky Man in the match. Yeah, he did. Sure. he did. Yeah, he did. I he thought did, he was he was very good, and he looked a man possessed in the second half when he came out chasing the ball to the byline. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just a more of a a dogged performance from Palace that that we needed, really, Kev. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think as Matt said, I I, I almost got excited at one point because I did think you know th- this double might possibly be on. Now, obviously, I, I think Martin Tyler on Sky mentioned when when we were beat Man United in 1991, actually, uh, with the year when we finished third, last game of the season. And I actually was there uh, and I sat next to Lee Sharp, believe it or not, in the, in the Palace Directors box that day. I claim to fame, Lee Sharp, Suzanne Charlton, Bobby Charlton's daughter, who used to be the BBC weather presenter, and Sir Alex Ferguson. And he even gave me a wink, which was quite nice because we won 3-0. And then four days later, they went and won the European Cup Winners' Cup with Hughesy getting a double against Barcelona. So I was there when we last beat Man United many, many years ago. Uh, <laughs> but it would have been lovely. It just would have been lovely if we could have done the double over them. But let's be honest, um, just good to, good to not lose that extra point closer. I know we all feel we're relatively safe. But mm. yeah, I, th- I think the setup was very good today. I, th- I thought Luca was pretty good energy-wise. I thought the midfield, we just nullified them today. And when you look at that their front line and how frightening they are, it's mostly the most tepid I've seen them for a long time. Because normally when Man United are fluent, they look fantastic. And they didn't. And they were the sloppiest I've seen them for most of the season with some of their passing today. They were sloppy against West Brom a few weeks ago. And they were sloppy tonight. And if you think of some of the points they've dropped in the last few weeks, I don't think Solskjaer will be very happy. And I think... Good Man United fans will look at that and will be very disappointed and will feel that they've dropped two points tonight, but might equally be just grateful that they got away with a point right at the end. Because let's be honest, good save from Henderson, spread himself mm. well. What was your take on it, Matt? They weren't very good. Uh, and as I said, I didn't, I'm shocked they were second in the league based on that performance. Um, you know, we could have nicked, nicked it, couldn't we? I, I, I'm really pleased with a with a with a, a nil nil draw. And you know, looking at the last three games, that's five points, right? Um, it, it's it's a good it's a good turnout, and I think it was a, a performance um, improvement in the right direction. Um, wasn't the most exciting game to watch, but you know, it wasn't just Palace in that respect. It was both sides um, contributing towards the the way it played out. Couple of yeah. chances, you know, created a couple of efforts on goal, as Luke said. Um, pretty solid at the back. Uh, I just hope James McCarthy wasn't 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 going off injured, and it was more, you know, hopefully he was just tired and, and the likes been out for a while, isn't he? And Schluck came on, didn't he? That, yeah. that was another sort of um, bright light. So there seems to be a bit more positivity in the performance, mm. but also in around some of the players coming back. I think we frustrated Man United a bit and I, I kept saying to you boys, if you watch Fred's off-ball reaction for, for yeah. most of the game, he was 
I mean, playing defensive midfield for Man United today, he was very, very angry, very frustrated, And I think, in terms of the way Palace were playing. And I think we were very physical today, um, which was which was good to see. You know, we, 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 we stood up to him and... Um, it, it did make me laugh, though. Uh, Jordan Ayew, um a couple of times tried to win a couple of fouls in the uh, the centre of the pitch and go down screaming quite loud. He, he does have a scream, doesn't he? He does have a scream now, <laughs> Jordan. Referee just sort of told him to get up. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Andre Mariner's like, get out of that, you tart. The question is, though, the question is, though, sorry, the question is, what is more criminal about that? Jordan Ayew's attempt to, to win a foul there, or just look at the telly, Andy Cole's Roll neck jumper. <laughs> <laughs> it's the listen, fog, mate. It's allowed in the fog. Now, listen, with the number of goals Andy Cole scored over the years and the amount of pleasure he gave genuine football fans, he's roll necks all right. We'll let him get away with that. Jordan, we love you, mate. But tonight, mate, those screams, I think you screamed louder than my daughter tonight a few times. So <laughs> fair play to you, mate. I'll tell you the one thing I want to pick up on. I would have liked to have seen, um, I thought when we got that free kick just in front of the second, in the second half, when as I thought that was tailor-made for Eze. And you could see that Luca. I didn't, I mean, obviously they had a big wall. I can't remember, who, I don't know if it hit Matic or someone, but I would have liked to have seen Eze get that. And I was disappointed that, you know, Luca's obviously called rank on it and said, I'm going to have it. But I would have liked to have seen Eze have that because again, and Gary Neville passed comment on it, when he drifts past players a few times, again, looks great, but there weren't enough of it today. And, and I thought Gary Neville was bang on on the commentary. One of the things he said is, you know, it's as a when he's off the ball, you know, it's not affecting the game. It's not making any moves. And, and he was bang on because that's the, that's the mark of a quality player where a defender or whoever is always thinking. And I don't think it's him being lazy. I just don't think he's thinking enough of it. Sorry, Luke, you want to come in there? I, I was just a point I wanted to pick up on. Matthew and I were talking in the... Um in the chat and the thing of the first half and I was getting a little bit frustrated with Eze because I felt that he was almost always sort of like a he had an exclusion zone around him in terms of marking his man um, and look I don't think Eze's ever going to be that much of a physical player and he's still got a you know it's his first um, season in the Premier League so he's still got to adapt to the league but I would like to see him put a foot in a little bit more and I was getting a little bit frustrated because whilst he did have a couple of little bursts through, through, through the centre of midfield especially in the first half I felt that his play was just just lacking that little bit of desire to put the foot in and, and disrupt uh, Man United's play. And you do wonder sort of um, with him not providing uh, the end product, as it were, as of late, how much longer that's going to go on with, with Roy, you know, how much he sort of depends on his players being defensively sound, Kev. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'd just jump in there. I, I feel as though he's playing within himself. You know, I've picked up on it a few times on the pod and quite rightly, Matt has said, you know, are we expecting too much of Eze? I think obviously, if you if you want to be a top player, you've got to, you know, invite that and bring on the big game mentality and take and take it forward. And, and I do think he's playing a little bit within himself. I'd like to see him engage players a bit more and, and take them on. Because I think I think he's been He's been a bit of a shadow of himself recently since he, you know, uh, since that goal against Wolves, it feels to me, no disrespect to him, that he's gone a little bit missing. Now, that might be the way Roy's wanted to play him. He might be doing a certain things. But, but I think if you shackle him too much, you take away what is the creativity that he brings to Crystal Palace. Matt, your take? Well, I also think that without Wilf in the team, he's kind of the man to watch, isn't he? So the, yes. the light is on him a bit more. And I noticed when McTominay came on, the first thing he did was just get all over him. 
her, you know, kick and niggle and, and, and the like. So they, they, they clearly saw that, you know, as the game sort of stretched and got longer and the, the, the fog got deeper into, into the Sellers Park pitch, there, were, there was more chance for him to kind of get involved. So I think there's definitely an element there. I just think, just watch next season. Next season is the one, right? He's had a year yeah. then to, to, you know, get himself embedded in, in the team in the Premier League. I think next season he's going to come out firing. There goes my prediction. Mm. Yeah. Um, I really do. I, I think I think you know we have to give him this year to you know we have to give him some space and some um, uh, relax our, our critique. I think I think a little bit because it, mm. it's, it's it's a big it's a big gulf um, between yeah. the Championship and the Premier League. So can I say, Matt, just on that? So quite rightly, giving him his space, and I think we've been very. I wouldn't say we've been kid gloves, but I think we've been very protective on the pod of making sure that we do the right thing. And I think you're absolutely right. I think a proper pre-season. I do think, as has been alluded to on you know, Sky or wherever you watch BT Sport, I've not plugged them for a while. Um, so BT Sport. Um, you do get a scenario at the moment whereby I think the lack of fans is really having that impact now. Certainly, I mean, again, Neville said it today whether you're Man United or Crystal Palace, you wouldn't get away with the way some of that football was played today if there were if there was a crowd there because they'd be on at them and they wouldn't accept that. What I was going to flag, the point was, is do you think, like we're protecting Eze, do you think Roy's protecting uh, Matete as well? Because I, I must admit, I thought he would have got a game. You know, he's, he scored a goal at Brighton, got taken off and hasn't even figured. And I, I you know... I've, I wonder why he's still not bringing him in yet because, uh, you know, it might not have been the right game for him today and Jordan and Christian work well. But at some point, surely you, you've got to give him a little bit of a run in the team. I guess, your it's opposition, I guess it's opposition, Kev. So if you think about tonight, I would have played Benteke over JP because, you know, Harry Maguire and Matic at the back, mm. couple of absolute units going to knock you around. Benteke's used to that, you know, so is he going to do the same? Will, will, will we do the same then when we play Tottenham on Sunday when it's mostly Eric Dyer and whoever, uh, whoever uh, Jose puts out, you know, because Possibly. are we, at what point, at what point is, is he going to be given his chance? Is, is Roy going to wait until we're uh, not mathematically safe, but is it another, are we another win away before he then gets five, six games, Luke? What do you think? I think it's rotation to us, if you care, because come Sunday's game, it'll be three games in a week, wouldn't it? So I think yeah. it's realistic to think that JP might, if he's going to get a start, he probably would do on, on Sunday, I think, um, because Penteco might need a bit of a rest, um, given the fact that he's, he's played, you know, what is it, sub on, sub against Brighton, he played the Fulham game, he played 90 minutes tonight as well. So yeah, I think he might, might be due a rest or, you know, give him an hour run out or something like that. But um, mm. yeah, I, 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 I agree with Matthew to an extent that I think that, um, you you needed to go with that experience today, um, it, given the conditions and, and the opponent. But then again, there's also the argument that you've got to chuck him in the deep end, otherwise he's never going to learn. So um, I can understand the frustration from some Palace fans as well. I, I wonder also with if, if Schluppy's coming back in, if in if Will's coming back in as well, they are players who will carry the ball up the pitch. So he seems to be quite nimble and quite good of his feet is my mm. relatively limited Will that be the double season. nuts he got against Brighton? Is that why you're there saying you that? That double nuts against Brighton? Could be influencing it, Kev. I'm, I'm just going to say it one more time. It was a double reverse nuts against Brighton. I don't know if you got that, Matt. But sorry, carry on. Apologies. 
Uh, I think we must have uh, some Wi-Fi connection issues, Kevin, because we didn't quite get caught what you said then. So apologies to the listeners if you missed what Kevin just said. But um, but but yeah, could could be an influencing factor, Kev. I, I would say, like I say, I do, I do think that um, Benteke obviously is more of a target man in inverted commas. He's going to win the, the the ball that's lumped up to him, a bit more physical. Is, is my observation to say, but but you know I think with Schluppi and Zaha coming back, and people who will bring the ball up the pitch and therefore bring him into play rather than being lumped up to him, we might have more of a a different a different um, game plan, and, and therefore he might be might be used more in that sense. But we'll see. It's again a nice problem that Roy's got. I mean, Batshuayi doesn't get a look in, does he? So yeah, that's another no. another one. Yeah, well, Benteke's so. showing a bit of confidence at the moment. Like you said, Matthew, he had that attempted volley in the first few opening minutes of the game, and then. He tried a, an overhead kick, didn't he? Which which didn't quite get to him. And Hit then someone's back, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then unfortunately, AU I think squared it to him and it, it hit yeah. his left leg when he went to shoot with his right. So Christian, that's Christian. That's what we love about Christian. Like almost. Um, so 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 here's a, here's a question for you boys, if I may. A little bit of hindsight. So it's what twenty five past ten. The game's finished. What twenty twenty odd minutes ago, twenty three minutes ago. With hindsight, are you? disappointed with how badly Man United played that we didn't snatch it at the end, not just because of the PVA shot. I know we've, we've all said we're delighted with the point, but when you look at how poor United have played compared to what they normally bring to the table, are we actually disappointed that we've only ended up with one point? Yes, we should have beaten them tonight. I think so. We should have, done. We should have beaten them, yeah. We should have beaten them. Um, we, should have, we should have had more chances than we did. Um, but context being, you know, those sort of attacking players only just coming back in in, in Schluppy, still missing Wilf. So um, I, even before and after the game, I'd say I'm still happy with the point, but we should have beat them, yes. Yeah. Luke? Um, I don't know, mate. I, 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 obviously, I didn't have the commentary on, um, so I, I wasn't privy to what, what, what they were saying and what Gary Neville would have been obviously disappointed, but I didn't think... Man United were that bad, but but then again, I don't think Palace allowed them to play. So, you know, I think we did a job on them at the same time. So I don't think, you know, most of the Sky narrative is probably going to be, oh, Man United were terrible, but it's also no. Palace Palace stopped Man United from playing, I felt. Yeah, I, th- I think in fairness, I think, you know, m- certainly my take on it was, it wasn't Man United were bad. It's just that they're normally so fluent and they just didn't, they didn't, you know, whether it be Palace not allowing them to, but they didn't get into that that gear where they normally. I kept thinking, well, they're gonna they're gonna up it. And I think Neville, uh, Gary Neville, said at half time, well, Solskjaer will give them a rocket and they'll come out and they'll be hopefully a little bit more on the front foot. And they weren't, uh, and they never sort of really got out of that gear. So, but as you say, let's be honest. If we've said it a few times, we would have we would have bitten your arm off for a point, wouldn't we, before the game started? And it, it you know, when you look at the table, and I think we're thirteenth now. We're only a point behind Leeds and uh, Wolves. Um, that's looking quite a, a reasonable gap now. Um, I think Burnley drew today, didn't they? And congratulations to Sheffield. They got a win at Sheffield United. But uh, I think it's too little too late for those guys anyway. Yeah. But it's going to be quite a battle down there, I think. And uh, you know, there's going to be some big games coming up over the next few weeks. And the main thing is we're nice and clear away from that now. You know, not completely so. mathematical safe, but, but pretty much away from it. Yeah. You mentioned the Tottenham game, Kev. Um, what are we looking to get out of that looking ahead to Sunday? Um, for me personally, I, I, you know, I can see no reason why we can't go there, uh, especially if Jeff's fit. 
Uh, I know he only just came on. And as you say, a wonderful ball carrier. I'd like us to just be a little bit more positive. One of my good West Ham mates texted me and we were, te- we were having a few exchanges and I said, we're great at getting to their 18-yard box and then taking it back to our defence. Uh, you know, we have the ability to turn attack into defence quite comfortably at the moment. Uh, uh, so I'd just like us to be a little bit more um, ambitious, if I'm honest, a little bit more ambitious. Uh, but I, I can see us going to Tottenham and getting something. Uh, I, di- I know our dear mate Graham will possibly l- listening in, uh, so I don't want to upset him too much. But you never quite know what's going to get when we go to Tottenham. I mean, Gareth Bale's playing very well at the moment. I think I think he was very unlucky at West Ham and they played well on Sunday against Burnley. So you just don't know what Tottenham's going to turn up, do you, at the moment? So um, let's wait and see. I, th- I think they won't be looking forward to playing us, bearing in mind they're sort of pushing on the outskirts of the Europa League at the moment. And when you think when we played them not that long ago, they were top of the league at our place. So uh, interesting stuff, interesting stuff. What do you yeah, think, on, boys? On, on the relegation point, I saw on Twitter earlier that, you know, the, these guys who do the, the statistical analysis in terms of percentage uh, probability of going down, Palace before the game was 0.72% chance of being relegated. So if you're, if you're less than 1%, they don't even sort of count you. So... Um, if, if, if the, the stats nerds say that, then that's, that's good enough for me. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. And Matthew, I hope we'll, we'll be joined by Graham on the pod. Um, I don't know if we've asked him yet, but hopefully we'll be joined by him as well. Um, so it'll be good to get him on the pod as well to get a view from a, a Tottenham perspective. So what, what's going on with March? Because I'm just looking at the fixtures now. It's Tottenham and then West Brom the following Saturday and then nothing to the 3rd of April. Three, three weeks off. What's Three that then? What's all I think they moved. They moved the Man United game. This is what Roy was angry about. I think because they moved, they moved the Man United game because yeah. then it meant we, instead of having yeah instead of having two weeks off, we, we've now got three. Um, so I'm not quite sure. I think it's a combination of of, of the FA Cup and might be. An, is there an international game in there? I'm not sure. So here's Better a fault say- there, Matt. Here's a fault there, Matt. Sorry, just on that. Forgive me. If there's a three week break. Let's assume we pick up three, four points from those two games. Do you think they'll use that as an opportunity to change something within the club? What, bring Dougie in, you mean? (laughs) Possibly, you never know. I just wonder if there's a three-week gap, whether they might be thinking, right, we're well and comfortable safe then, which hopefully we should be. We know we already are, but in essence, is that a good time for a bit of a transition, because I, I must admit, I didn't realise there was a three-week break coming up. Possibly. But, but, I mean, it's, 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 it, I mean, it'll be an announcement rather than any change, I think. Like, we touched on this in the last pod. I don't want to go over old ground again. But no, I think, no, no. I think um, yeah, Kev, you've got a point in the sense that, you know, Palace will have some, some uh, news article space to fill on the website, you know, so... Potentially, there's, there's a chance to make an announcement. I think Eddie Howe was was bounded around the press again today about him going to Celtic. But apparently, he's, he wants to hold out for a Premier League club, and Palace again was another name linked. So, um, you know, as, as we as we econ towards the end of the season, these these stories only become more and more. What Matthew? I, I just struggle to see any sort of theatre that plays out with Roy Hodgson kind of being like, "Oh yes, by the way, I'm not going to stay at the end of the season, and this bloke will come in and take my job." And I'm going to start to work on a handover for him. I, I struggle to see it, to be honest with you, but this is Crystal Palace and there always is theatre and drama involved. So so let's see. We will keep an eye, our eyes out. But He's, you know, he's makes... behind you. 
<laughs> it makes it certainly makes the the next couple of weeks very important, right? Because it leaves us with a good good chance to you know have safety tied up, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. The West Brom game, you'd look to get you know something out of that, and Tottenham's a bit of a free hit in that respect. And as you said, Kevin, okay, not sure which version of Tottenham's going to tie up, uh, turn up rather. Um, but we're hopeful that Palace can continue the progression that tonight showed. And you know, like you said, Schlupp's back, um, and you know maybe a couple of others by that point in time. Will's um, back in training, yeah, isn't he? Is that right? I read that, yeah. So, you know, who knows yeah. what by, by, by Sunday we will be. Um, something to look forward to. Um, and it's Connor Wickham might Sunday get evening, a game, boys. Connor Wickham might who? get a game, eh? Connor Wickham. <laughs> Connor might get a game. Sorry, Matt, I was going to say, it's Sunday evening as well, isn't it? We've got the, uh, we've got the nice evening slot. So, you know what normally happens when we play on a Sunday evening? You know, we are, we're pretty lacklustre. So you never know. Maybe we can turn, turn our fortunes around. What do you reckon? <laughs> so chaps, we let's 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 hope. Let's hope. Um at Six Pointer Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, get it get it again. Uh thanks Kev and Luke for joining me this evening. Thanks to all the listeners uh for staying with us. Um I know the last few games have been a bit tricky, but hopefully the post-match analysis has uh, has given you something to reflect on and uh, put more of a bright uh, light on uh, some recent performances. Um as always, chaps, up the palace. Up the up palace. The, the six pointer podcast. Oh, 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 oh,